Like the other day I pick up my phone and Siri says, I don't want to argue with you. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Debrief with your friends here at Sandals Church, where Pastor Matt Brown is giving real answers to your tough questions about the Bible and all sorts of things. Mm. So we're here with the yeah. PMB I'm an expert on Jonah. all sorts of all things. Sorts all sorts of things. things. Well, you are. List. You come in with new facts every day. Well, I come in with new glasses today. I, I like those. Those, yeah. are, those are good. Yeah. I like They're very, pretty sweet glasses. Yeah, too. I like them. So I found out, like, my eyes are dying. Yeah. I'm sorry. So they said I'm nearsighted in my right eye, farsighted mm. in my left eye, and I can't read, so I have bifocals. Ooh. So together your eyes kind of work or no, yeah. they just, they fight each other. That doesn't yeah. Mean... It's just, I'm just, I'm dying. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's a, well, it's a, old age is not for the weak. <laughs> it's just not. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But they're, they're pretty sweet though. They're yeah, up in your, they're up in your cool factor for sure. Can you see the blue tint? No. no. So I got the blue, blue tint, tint because it's supposed oh, to block screens? out the screens. And so I do oh. most of my research and stuff now on my computer. I, right. I actually read books. The only reason I would read a, a book, the only reason I read a commentary book anymore is, you know, I have some specialty books that I've bought in over the years. Sure. And so like, if it's something on revelation or some quirky verse, like in, uh, I'm trying to think second Timothy, or, mm. where maybe there's something really, really challenging. And over the years I've collected a couple of books. And so, um, my my computer has general commentaries that are really really helpful, but if I need something specific, I'll go look at those books. But most of my reading is a screen, and apparently our screens are terrible for okay. our eyes. They're yeah. really bad. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that. So, but you didn't yeah. go with the transitions though. Yeah, you didn't I go almost did. I, well, you know man. what? I felt like it was a sales presentation. I got to be mm. honest. You know, he just like upgrade, 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 and then uh, yeah. literally like my glasses, like he's like twelve hundred fifty bucks. I'm like. What? <laughs> yeah, what? What are we happened? talking about? So I don't yeah. know if you guys have read about this, but uh, there's, so um, you know how like uh, Senator Warren's running for um, Democratic. She's talking about yep. taking down Google and, 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 and busting up some of these companies that have gotten too big. But a lot of people don't realize this. There's like one glasses frame company in the world now. They huh. bought it, everybody. So the last holdout was Oakley. So think about as big of a company as Oakley mm. is, and Oakley just couldn't compete because they blocked them out. So this company wow. owns like lens crafters. They own, so that's why our glasses are so expensive. So that's what Warby Parker is trying to like compete yeah. against. Yeah, that's, that's what I have, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Didn't so, wear them today. Didn't get the memo, guys. Thanks. Well, so I got super irritated with Warby Parker because my my prescription was expired and they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they're like, oh, we can't honor that. I'm like, just give me my old prescription. They're like, oh, we can't do really? that. I'm like, what are you, Jesus? Just huh. give me. <laughs> wow. Give me the old prescription. They wouldn't do it. Huh. I'm trying to give you money. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so after all my insurance, these glasses were still like 400 bucks. It's crazy. Yeah. But oh, wow. so that's yeah, why I, I didn't do the transitions because that was probably like another hundred. I don't know. It is. It, yeah, well, it's ridiculous. With Warwick Parker, it's like another hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's yeah. other costs. You look, you, you, that's you have true. the full dad vibe there. But Yeah. What's okay. the dad I mean, vibe? I don't know. I feel like transitions. I mean, Jono has them. So. I do have them. Yeah. yeah. I, I wear them feel like pride, man. My dad's had them my whole life, so it's just a dad thing to me. Well, Jono and I look like a gay couple now. That's <laughs> that's a problem. Like, look at your shirt. Your shirt is super festive. It is like if festive. the three of us if the three of us went to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> they're pretty certain Stephanie's taking care of her kids. She's yeah. the nanny. Yeah, that's, I can see just that. Hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Like we got to be careful. So I have a friend of mine. He's a pastor in Georgia, <laughs> and he came to California and he wanted to visit Sandals, and he's an older guy. Uh, he rolls up in a convertible Mustang. With his administrative pastor, who's like thirty, and I'm all, oh, no. I'm all buddy. You don't in know how that looks uh, in California. That's a bad look. Like you guys are a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, "What?" I'm like, "He's like, they gave me a free upgrade." I'm like, "Yeah, you say no." <laughs> 
you just say no. Think big picture. Yeah. yeah. Can yeah. I get the most like my company paid for this looking car that you have? Yeah. 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 Well, this weekend, um, we. Uh, by the way, you oh, look wait. very masculine. Yeah. Oh no, I I know that. I'm yeah. not worried about. That. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like one day when I, I, love... I grow up, I want to be just like you. Oh, thanks. Mm. Uh, we'll get thanks. the transitions next time, maybe. Yeah. You gotta come. There's gotta be another name for that. For what transitions? Transitions. Yeah. Yeah. I'm transitioning. But, yeah. <laughs> We're off to I'm, a great I am start. transitioning yeah, is, to we're death. We're off to a great start. This is going to be the this most is, informational debrief <laughs> this oh, is yeah. in Fantastic. history. If you were thinking about buying some glasses, we're here to help. That's right. It's Jono's shirt. It's throwing me off. Is it? it what is that? A pineapple? It's, it's whatever just, you need it to be. It's, a it's festive. Print. I like how you said that. It's yeah. festive. It yeah. is festive. So now if people so just Tammy listen. and I accidentally dressed the same this morning. It's like oh. you matched your wife today, so I don't know. No, she matched me. Mm-hmm. That That's kind of what does that say about me though? Yeah, my wife yeah. and I've yeah. done that before though. But we 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 get ready in the same area. I know. Uh, so how well, is that's that man? We need marriage other. counseling. No, yeah. that's a thing though. But as you get as you've been married longer, you turn longer, into each other. You start to like yeah. the two become one. Yeah, it's yeah. biblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys are just doing really great in your marriage. Yeah, actually, I, I just don't even what, realize how close you are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When your fashion is the same. I am becoming a 45-year-old woman. That's as long as you don't do the, She's like becoming the super a 46 year old man. So. And, did you ever get into that? I can't, I can't do the yeah. deep V because of my neck. I have a super long neck mm. that's the really obvious. Gonna, like really bring that out. Yeah. So like I can't, I can't wear that. It, Christian it makes it look like my, my, my if I wear a, a V-neck, my neck transitions into like a NASA rocket. It, you're just like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Ground control to Major Tom. Yeah, oh, dude. oh, I love that song. <laughs> Me too. Oh, man. Uh, well, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, are you, are you ready for I this? I actually love it better in the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. I, that, yes, oh, I that agree. That rendition Gosh. is my favorite. Oh, yeah. Do you like I haven't movie? seen that in a long time. That's such a oh, fantastic yeah. so movie. Oh, I love that That's movie. like my childhood. That's like a... literally in Fantasyland. That was my life. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was in my own world. I love that. I do that. They say that nines do that a lot where we just kind of check out and do that. I'm like, oh. I do that. I yeah. Sort of my mind yeah. goes elsewhere and I don't realize someone's actually still talking to me. When he's tapping on his head, Major Tom, yeah. Major Tom in the elevator. <laughs> Such a so good. Oh, I'm going to watch that when I get home today. Yeah, tonight. All right. Yeah. I like that. I actually have the soundtrack on my phone. Oh, it's a good soundtrack. It's a good one. Very mm-hmm. chill. Um, all right. You ready? I you was born ready. Questions. <laughs> um, before we dive into the questions, here's what I want to do. Um, this weekend, you hit a lot of different um ideas that expanded our thinking i think in this did the uh, naked story touch you which <laughs> service did you go to i don't think i told I don't the, think naked we, I don't think the naked story so i'll tell How the naked story get the naked give me what's the naked story well so here's what happens so a lot of you guys you, you get the saturday night mm-hmm. yeah. the best of the saturday night uh-huh. and so um on sunday sometimes i just get a little loose that's just oh, what yes. happens <laughs> and so, you know, when the, when the seven sons of Skeever are, are, are beaten and, and thrown out naked, mm. I'm like, well, that's not a big deal yeah. in our culture. Like in Riverside, that's like Tuesday morning. Yeah. And so I told this story, I'm driving down Magnolia Avenue early in the morning to go to the gym. Yeah. It's like 8 a.m. And this dude's riding his bike on the wrong side of the road, dead center in the middle of the street, butt naked. Oh. And so I call 911. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was actually kind of conflicted because is it an emergency? I mean, right. I don't know. So, so I call 911 and I mean, they're like, what's your emergency? And I'm like, sure. well, I'm not sure if this is an emergency, but there's a guy riding his bicycle down the street the wrong way, but naked. I mean, actively bla- breaking a law. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So maybe it's a gray area. <laughs> is it though? It's California. So, uh, so, you know, like, okay, I don't know if you've called 911, but when you're calling 911, yeah. you can hear them typing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, in the background. I down. think they put a microphone on that just so you feel like, you feel like, yeah, okay, they're, they're taking yeah, this they're seriously. Information. They you care. Know? You know, it's government keyboards. Yeah, bah, 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 bah. So she goes, um, 
okay, sir, well, you know, what street, where are you? And so I'm like, Magnolia, Mary. Okay, uh, can you describe the man for me? And I'm like, yeah, he's naked. <laughs> but like, she wanted to know like what ethnicity, what height, what age. I'm like, I'm pretty certain. Does all he I work out? Naked. But <laughs> naked is like all you need to know. Like there's not a group of them. There's not like... Like, yeah. <laughs> do you need to know? Is he black? Is he white? Is he Hispanic? Is he young? He is naked on a bike. On a bike. <laughs> I feel like very specific. So that may be coming. But that's what I'm saying is she still wanted more adjectives to describe. That wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. So that's our culture. So Seven Sons of Skiva, that was unusual. Seven mm-hmm. bloody naked dudes in Riverside. That's a Wednesday morning. You think morning. they made up stories or did they go straight to like, oh, this? Like, because they were the Seven Sons. Like, they were. They were a big deal. Some, they were a big deal. But yeah, they were like the to Kardashians. Get whopped, to yeah. get whopped like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they, I mean, it doesn't say, but I wonder, I wonder if they. It's scared, it said it scared the town to death, both Jews and Gentiles alike. Mm-hmm. Everybody was freaked out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm I'm assuming that they they like weren't staggering when they came out. Like they were probably left for dead. Mm-hmm. It says that he jumped on them with fierce. Like that's the, the word, the word is fierce. Like it was brutal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and if you haven't heard the message yet, what we're talking about is what your intro was. Oh yeah, yeah, and I and also forgot. I think in, to tell what happened to the girl that crawled up the wall backwards. Did I forget to? Uh, Dude, we missed that story. All also, of didn't this. make it to the campus. Oh, see, Sunday was a party. So for those of you who were listening on Sunday, I told a story about a demon possessed girl that came to Sounds Church, and I forgot to tell the ending. You're you're like that's, known for I know, that. You make cliffhangers every time. Cliffhanger. Yeah. We're gonna come back. It wasn't yeah, in my good. notes. So um <laughs> so what happened is we called nine one one because mm. she was so violent and so terrible. We called nine one one, they fifty one fifty her and mm. after she came out, we began to do a process of deep healing with her. And then eventually we did the exorcism. But yeah. you know, um sometimes, you know you gotta deal so here here's how I think about demons think of demons like rats before you deal with the rats the first thing you have to do is clean up the trash mm-hmm. and good. so the mistake that a lot of people do with uh exorcisms is they just want to go around whacking all the rats and it's like okay well let's deal with the trash that's drawn them to you mm. and so we did a process of about two months getting rid of the trash in her life and the garbage that she'd brought in and then by that time the demons were so weak they just left and she actually ended up graduating from ucr and did really really well wow oh. But um, she was she was possessed. It was a real thing, man. Mm. It was, man, it was freaky. Yeah, I never seen people run out of our office so fast, dude. Like <laughs> everybody was running. And then I I told this story yeah. about me and you. Oh yeah, yeah, I threw you <laughs> under the bus. So me and Stephanie. Um, well, I, I yeah, it was so kind of a weird story because I tell everybody I have a, a man uh, assistant now, but yeah. you but, were my assistant for a while. Yeah. Um, I was pre Tim. And so I a this, this somebody like called the church male. and said they had. Um, yeah, well, did, no, I think they came up on a Sunday or asked you to come over and pray because they lived right across the street. Yeah, they had demons in their house yeah. or something. Like, oh, and they had some pretty crazy house. stories, like yeah. furniture moving, yeah, like stuff walls going down. sweating or Swall something. sweating. They had mm. some really creepy stuff. So yeah. we, we go and Stephanie's all freaking out and she's all nervous. Well, yeah, because you're like, hey, there's a demon possessed house. Want to come with me? And I was like, well, technically it's my job. So sure. She was freaking out. <laughs> and so we well, get to the door. Well, you're telling me all stories from all the other yeah. times. So we get to the door and she's like, aren't you nervous? I said, no, because I don't have to outrun the demon. I just have to outrun you. <laughs> and Stephanie's yeah. got like the longest legs ever. I like I am quick, dude. I- I'm going to be out of there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Fine. Well, yeah. But, and you see, but I love that because what you're talking about, the, the name of the Lord. And I think, I think in our culture, what you brought up this weekend is how we've gotten so passive and maybe oh, flippant yeah. with things. And mm-hmm. often when I think of uh, taking the Lord's name in vain, I think, oh, 
don't swear, right? right. Don't don't just take you know yeah. passively say it. But you brought up a whole nother, a lot of different areas, oh, yeah. six different key level. areas that where we see, and it was a challenge, man. We like mm-hmm. last night in our small group, we we went pretty deep with that and ruffled feathers. It was yeah. good. Like we're thinking, mm-hmm. ooh, like the whole slapping a Jesus sticker on stuff yeah. and and using it in our decisions and kind of blaming God for things. And yeah, well, we good. talked about last night in our small group, you know, the apostle Paul in first Corinthians is very careful. So when you, when you read first and second Corinthians, uh, it's kind of like the debrief show uh, 2000 years ago. So hmm. the Corinthians send a list of questions to Paul and Paul can't, he doesn't have podcast. Right. So he responds in a letter to their questions. And so one of the questions specifically, I love what Paul says. He says, I, I, I don't have the Lord on this issue, but here's what I think. Mm-hmm. And he ends with, and I think God's with me, but he's so careful to not put a Jesus sticker on That's his good. advice. Yeah. And I think we mm-hmm. can learn a lot from that is, look, here's what you can say is, you know, people ask me, uh, a question about God. Well, I don't, the Bible doesn't speak to every situation. Sure. So what I have to do is I have to use my wisdom. I have to use my understanding of scripture and I have to give the best answer possible. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you guys, you've worked with me for a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't run around saying God said. Oh, no. mm-hmm. I have met leaders that they say that constantly. About everything. The Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said. Mm-hmm. And really what it is, is they want they want to put up this brick wall that yeah, nobody can put. You can't put, say no. You yeah. can't say no. I'm so, the Lord's chosen. You well, I, I've yeah. had people say the Lord. The Lord told me to ask for a thousand dollars. Like I, I get that all the time. <laughs> the Lord told me. Do you realize how manipulative told me. I could be in oh, our church yeah. if I did that? Yeah. And I don't do that because one day, a, I'm going to stand before God, and and b, like I believe what the Word of God says that you should give freely and cheerfully. Mm. Um, and so I can ask, but man, I'm asking because I, I feel led, but. You know, you just you just got to be very very mm-hmm. careful with that, and, yeah. and many many people are not, and, and and Christians abuse the name of God, and this is what he's saying, and that's what the seven sons of Sceva were doing is they mm-hmm. were they were abusing, uh, they weren't even apologizing for it. We're not even <coughs> followers of Jesus. We're going to use the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, some of us like we need to be honest to say, well, I'm going to use the name of Jesus whom Matt preaches, but I don't know him personally. Mm-hmm. And it's a real, real problem. And you need to just, here's what I would say is, if you say, I believe the Lord said, man, you better be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. had better, you had better be right. And and I would say as your pastor, my best decisions are 80%. Like I'm confident, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 80% and then I, then I move forward. But, um, but you're in good company because when you read through like the book of Acts, how often... Did they say, I think in like chapter 15, they said three different times and we did what seemed right. Yeah. And we did mm-hmm. what seemed right. Yeah. Like they were- Well, one of the things that's happened with the Christian divorce from the Jews and it's, it's, it's tragic, right? So Christianity was to, meant to be a consistent religion. Like, so from Moses to Jesus, it's, it's not a new religion. It's, it's supposed to be the fulfillment of what Moses preached. Yeah. But unfortunately we split. And so the things that the Jews understand so much better than Christians is they understand that they have to make decisions. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Jews understand, mm. look, I have God's word, but we have to meet together and we have to come to a decision. And Christians, we over-spiritualize things mm. and we, we, we use this vague, the spirit led. And it's like, look, we know God's word. We have the spirit within us. The Holy Spirit's not speaking right now. So even think about the selection of the 12th disciple. Right, so Matthias, they cast lots. Yeah, 
We got to. We, we don't. We don't know which one it is. We got to make a decision. We're going to do the best we can. Here we go. Mm. And so mm. people need to say is here. Here's what I think is right. And the reason they don't do that is they want to put it on God rather than taking the responsibility. Just in case it goes wrong. Yeah. Or if something goes bad. Yeah. And so you know, I and again, people that say the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, are you almost always wrong? Mm. I mean, it's just like I was saying about that Christian leader. This guy said to me 10 times, well, God said no, and God said this, and God said that. And I said, well, God is wrong an awful lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and someone so, in this equation is wrong. Yeah. yeah. And so just, just know this, that, you know, the Jews won't even say the name of God. Mm-hmm. So now when I say God, God is the generic name that right. describes God. It's not the personal name. So we're not talking about the generic name God. We're talking about the name, we would pronounce it Yahweh. In English... All we know in the Bible, when we translate Hebrew to English, is there's a, a Y, hmm. there's a W, and there's an H. There's no vowels. Right. Hmm. So the reason for that is the Jews would not write the, the vowels because you don't speak the personal name of God. It's to be so revered, hmm. we don't speak it, we don't say it. Uh, even nowadays, in uh, a Jewish Bible that's translated English, they'll spell God, G-D. Hmm. So, hmm. Which, which technically is is not accurate because God is the generic name. Just like in the Bible, it said God and gods. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have Yahweh and Yahweh's. Right. Yahweh is God. It's the one God. It's the mm. true God. It's the God of Moses, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac. You know, that's right. that's Yahweh. It's the personal name of God. Um, so mm. like when it says, thus saith the Lord, it, 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 does, it, it doesn't mean thus saith God. It means thus says Yahweh. Yahweh. Mm. Um, yeah. So, um, and it's important, you know, like Jehovah Witnesses for years would come knock on your door and they would say, you know, the true name of God is Jehovah. Well, they got right. it wrong. Mm. So that now Jehovah Witnesses don't say that anymore because they realize it's kind of sad when you build your whole religion around the true name of God. And you're like, oops, oops. bummer. <laughs> oops. Um, yeah. And, and they got it wrong. And it's just, you know, uh, it's yeah, it's not ja. And so now they've, I don't, I don't know, the, the Watchtower Society's fix that error. Right. But, um, among many others, yeah, but yeah, that's another, <laughs> yeah, they're good that's people. Another. Do yeah. not put Jehovah witnesses down. At no. least they're out there and yeah. they're sharing their faith, which is more than most, most Christians do. Yeah, and I always true. try to be super nice to them and, yeah. and they're really good people. And you know, they believe we have a demon. So just be nice to them. Yeah, yeah. that's so. true. So, um, you started talking about some of the different ways that we can misuse God's name. And one of right. the ways, one of the ones you opened up was, uh, about our, with our hobbies and passions. Mm. Um, so actually someone wrote in, uh, anonymously and said in your sermon, you talked about people misusing God's name in various ways, specifically with their hobbies and passions. Mm. I'm very passionate about sports, specifically in a ministry context. I'm about to lead a team of university students overseas to use basketball, to build relationships with people in hopes of sharing the gospel with them. In my my free time, I've been building relationships with people at a local park through playing basketball in hopes to invite them to Sandals. In my life, I've seen how my passion for basketball has allowed me to connect with so many other people who also love basketball. You don't seem to have many positive things to say about sports, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out what this means for my life when I feel that God has been leaving me, leading me in specific ways to utilize a sport to reach people I wouldn't otherwise interact with. Right. What does it look like for someone to allow God to use their passion or hobby for His glory? And can that still lead to misusing His name, or is there a difference? No, I I mean, I think what he's doing is absolutely 100% right. And so here's the thing that you need to understand. So much of the concerns that arrive from my sermons are not in what I'm saying. It's in what you're afraid I'm saying. Mm. Uh So, um, and and just, and just know that so much of the criticism, again, uh, in politics, in preaching, we're, we're, we're worried that what you're saying is what you're Mm. doing is the right thing. You're using a passion for the purpose of the glory of God 
What I'm saying is you, you've got you've got the order right. Most people have the order wrong. Mm. I really like to do this, and that's my God that I'm going to worship. So how can I use that in the name of God to just do what I want to do? Right. You actually have discovered something I think that's just, I mean, Paul says, I've become all things to all men that I might win some right. to Christ. That's what you're doing is you're using the sport to build relationships, to create a context, to talk about God. You are, you are not taking the Lord's name in vain. You're mm. actually taking his mission seriously. Right. Mm. What I was talking about is, you know, people like, you know, they, they, they fight over, you know, whose football team is more righteous, mm. you know, and you just have to be really, really careful. Just say you like the Eagles or you like the Patriots mm. or you like the Rams and you mm. enjoy that. Don't make it about God. Cause I don't think God yeah. cares. Yeah. Um, so you know, just just be just be really really careful. And so, what I meant was, you need to consider obedience to God's call regardless of the destination. So, like this mm. week, we announced Eastvale. I'm telling you, we would have a lot more interest if it was Honolulu. There, sure, there, there yeah. would be a lot more people in our church yeah. because what they're saying is, oh, I'm willing. I've had a, I've had a guy say to me, you know. Tell me when you plant a church in San Clemente, because I'm there. So what he's saying so, is, so is everyone yeah. Else. yeah, I'm yeah. willing to follow God to a location that's convenient and beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you, there's no Sandals Church if I don't listen to my wife and 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 reject everybody else in, in seminary that's planting in these amazing locations. Yeah. I need to plant here. I need to be in the Inland Empire. The Inland Empire is the fastest growing area of Southern California and will be for the next 40 years. Yeah. You know, there's no more room in LA. There's no more room in Orange County. Right. The growth is all east. We got to go east, and and people don't want to do that. And and yeah. I'm telling you, I got I got Christian friends that would not come with me mm. to start Sandals Church because they love Huntington Beach more than God. Yeah. They they put the lo- their location where I live is more important than how I live, mm. and mm. I just do not agree with that. We need to follow where God is leading. And the question mm. is not, where do I want to live? The question is, where does God want me to go? Yeah. So that's what I, what I really meant on hobbies and passions. And, and, and so, um, you know, people like, uh, I'm trying to think of something. Uh, people are passionate about prison ministry. That's great. But don't try to manipulate scripture because all the scriptures that talk about remembering people in prison it has nothing to do with the incarcerated people. It's Christians who've been incarcerated right. for their faith. It's never just prison. It's remember those in prison as though they were you mm. because they are us. And why are they in prison? Because of their faith in Jesus. And so that's become, and I, hey, prison ministry is great. Yeah. But you can you can minister to that. And so same thing with homelessness. You know, people want to put that on the church and the church should be about this or that and whatever their, or, or global warming or, you know, straws, you know, we've got to get rid of plastic straws and Jesus never drank out of a plastic straw. Okay. Well, that's true. Um, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that that's what we need to do. Right. It's okay to do things and be passionate about them. You don't need to use God's name mm. to fulfill your passions. Mm. Um, and so you, you, but I like I like what you said. He has it in the right order, yeah. Because he has obviously he has a passion f- for these things, right? And but he also has a passion for the things of God, and realizes what a natural, what's an, what an easy inroad, mm-hmm. and and because he might get older and not be able to play basketball, and if everything has been in this one passion of this sport, then right. oh great, well now now I don't share right. the gospel anymore. Now now that mm-hmm. that part of my life is done, where I wouldn't see that with this person. Right. I would yeah. think. He has, because he has a right order, yeah. like he said. And you have to be honest 
and look at yourself and say, okay, so I've been doing this ministry for one year, two years, three. How many people have I led to Christ? If mm. the number is zero, we have a problem. Sure. So, mm. so, so we have a problem. So you have to check yourself and make sure that your passion for sharing the gospel is greater than your passion for basketball. That literally basketball is simply a means to an end. The end is the gospel. The right. means is basketball. Right. But for many people, right? I can get sponsors, I can get support, mm -hmm. people will give to my, mm -hmm. they'll give to my uh, ministry. You know, we had this conversation with one of my kids who's considering um, potentially living overseas. And I said, look, there's a difference between wanting to live overseas and wanting to be a missionary overseas. Mm -hmm. And a lot of missionaries just yeah. wanna live overseas and they wanna collect our money so yeah. they can do that. Mm -hmm. Look, who doesn't wanna live in a foreign country? Mm -hmm. That's exciting mm -hmm. and it's, you know, and I see it all the time. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's. This is why many, many missionaries, not all of them, uh, but the book out, Jamie, the very worst missionary. Right. She's the one that kind of pulls the wool over. But she's like, look, man, a lot of these people are on vacation, and you're paying for them. Yeah. So we have to make sure that you're actually. It's not enough to be passionate about. Uh, I want to live in Paris. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. What you need to say is, I have a heart and a burden for people in Paris, and I want to reach the French for Christ. Right. So. It, that's great that you love Paris or you love Germany or you love, man, shoot, I love New Zealand, but God's not called me to New Zealand. Sure. I just need to say, I, I love New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, but my my calling mm -hmm. is different from my passion. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's actually changed. I would never say I was passionate about the Inland Empire. I was passionate about reaching people in the Inland Empire. 21 mm -hmm. years later now, I actually really like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's because of the relationships, the oh, friendships. Yeah, invested right. in I, I, I just can't imagine having to rebuild my life anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, I see people make this mistake all the time. They have a passion about another de destination and you see the email, when are we gonna get a Sandals Church that, that's yeah. where, where right. I'm passionate? And so what right. they chose is a destination mm -hmm. over uh, you know, following Christ. And, right. and so now it's a, it's a, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look, man, we had a great vibrant church here mm -hmm but you didn't like here, so you went there. Now you want what you had here, there. And and that's the thing is, you know, right? That's the old saying, you want your cake, you want you want to have your cake and, and eat it too. It, yeah. And you just have to know that mm. you can't just, okay, I, I'm, go, I'm going off, but <laughs> no, I get all, it. Yeah. all I'm saying yeah. is, yeah. I'm not talking about this guy, but there, and unless, man, if you're convicted on this, then you got to listen to the Holy Spirit. But it sounds like from your, from your question that you're mm -hmm. doing the right thing, but I don't know that. You need to answer that for yourself. Um, like for example, you know, uh, another church in town has sports leagues. We don't, that's great that they do that. We don't, I don't see them as, as all that effective. Mm. Yeah. Matter of fact, I see them as a problem mm -hmm. because people get in fights. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's it's really, really bad. I thought, man, a Super Bowl party would be a great, that's right. a great thing to do. <laughs> and it was, it was so bad. I told Tammy, we will never do this again. Mm. We'll never, I can't, I only remember one team. It was this year the Seattle Seahawks were in it. Uh, and they won it, I think. I can't remember who they oh, played, okay. but yeah, it was bad. I mean, Christians <laughs> just like, and it's because they're more passionate about their team than they are each other. And it was, right. I was like, we're done. Yeah. And yeah. nobody brought lost people. Yeah. No, just Which wanted is, to hang out with their yeah. friends. Right. Well, this weekend you you did talk a lot about um, God's name and and the power of the name of Jesus. And and you you mentioned what to do um, if you're in a situation when someone maybe uses God's name flippantly, 
Um, this question comes in and it says, it really, it, it's anonymous, it says, it really bothers me when I hear people use the name of Jesus when swearing or shouting, either in frustration or anger. How can I respectfully and kindly ask someone to refrain from this act without sounding like a crazy Bible thumper? Right. In, in quotes. I, I think Christians do, think? do need to do a better job, especially in this age where everyone's offended about everything. Mm. I think it's a great environment to say, hey, that really bothers me. Mm. Like, I love Jesus. I love Jesus, and that name saved me. Mm. Um, but you got to be ready for them because because if they're not a Christian, it means nothing to them. Mm -hmm. So so you you just have to understand that that it's better for us to be offended ultimately than to cause a fight with a person that might drive them away. But I would just say, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you didn't do that. Is there mm. another name you can use? Um, it's funny when I was in high school, there was a band called Judas Priest. Yeah, and Judas Priest is. You know, the, the it, it's it's a what's a synonym? No, what's the word? It's a uh, I don't know. I don't know. know it's, it's, well, so Judas Priest is is a word that people would use instead oh, of saying Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's from the nineteen twenties, and it was a, it was a way to curse without cursing. Without cursing mm -hmm. Yeah, and so oh, uh, yeah, let's, same thing with dab yeah. dab gummit dab gummit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So or yeah, so that's that, that's another way of saying GD, and so. So the problem is, as Christians, we need to be able to express frustration, but I would get as far away yeah. from anything that remotely sounds like, you know, uh, Jesus. You know, like, so I probably say, geez, geez, you know, which yeah. unfortunately is, you know, but I mean, you can nitpick this thing till the cows come home. <laughs> I don't think I would ever say <laughs> that, but, um, <laughs> you know, but. My daughter calls me out now. She's old enough now because we'll like in our house, like, you know, we don't say certain words because yeah. it's close to this name and this is a really important name and yeah. the name of God. So like, um, like gosh and that kind of yeah. thing. And the other day she looked at me, I'm like, what? And she goes, daddy, we don't say that. It's yeah. like, what do you, oh, you're right. I'm sorry, sweetheart. You know, but. <laughs> Yeah. It is important name. We don't say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one so time easy. I'll never forget. This is probably 15, probably 18 years ago. Um, one of my daughters turned in a prayer request and it was, please help my daddy to quit saying the S word. Oh. <laughs> and so they brought it yeah. into the office and they're like, what, what are, are you saying? And I, I didn't know what I was saying. It was stupid. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I would yell at the TV. You're so stupid. Like football. And right. my, kid, my daughters would be like, Dad's going well, to hell. Yeah. Yeah. We're not supposed to say that. <laughs> well, actually... yeah, and I didn't want them to say that, so I had to well, deal yeah. with it. Yeah, I know. So Summer actually sent in a question like right along the same vein who says, I was raised in a conservative Christian home and we weren't allowed to say things like, oh my God, or good Lord. Mm -hmm. I also couldn't sing worship songs in a funny voice as my mom thought it was not honoring to God and disrespectful. Parentheses, my childhood was a, what, my childhood was a real blast. She <laughs> says, do you think this way of thinking is legalistic or is that using God's name in vain? Yeah, I think that's a bit over the top. So, mm. um, yeah, like how do you balance not being super legalistic with like, you know, mm -hmm. don't even say God, like, how do you balance that? Mm. Yeah. Again, so the word the God is, is, is the generic form of God. So, you know, um, that, that's just, it's just the, the, the issue is Yahweh and the issue is Jesus. I mean, specifically mm. is what we're talking about. Um, you know, even when we say like, oh my Lord, I mean, Lord is a word for it, so, and that's the problem when you get into translations is it can refer to master, teacher, boss. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Tammy and I love to watch the show on Netflix, Last Kingdom. Everybody's a Lord. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, right, my Lord. Right. And it just means person above you. Right. Um, and so that, that that's the problem with once you go from Hebrew to, to Greek, from Greek to English, the words get kind of fuzzy. And so I mm -hmm. would really, really focus on the specific word. Yahweh, which nobody uses that word right. negatively 
Um, but, but the word, you know, saying Jesus Christ as a cuss word is really where I think we need to say, whoa, mm-hmm. because that is his title. So mm. Christ is not his last, last name, name. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's his title. Right. So when you, you're specifically using, you know, the name Jesus, and then, and then you add the title as a, I mean, that's, that's about as bad as you can do. Right. Uh, because it is Jesus, the Christ, we dropped the, mm-hmm. who is the name above all names. And he mm-hmm. saved everyone and he loves us and gave his life for us. And so that's, that's really where I would say is if somebody is saying like G, um, GD, you know, I would just say, Hey man, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, but that is, it's a generic name for God. It's not mm. the personal name for God. And and the issue here, what God is saying, he's not talking about his generic name. He's talking about people who use me specifically for their own purposes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they and they say they're one thing and they're not another. That is offensive to me. And that will not go unpunished. Mm. I will deal with that. Mm. And so um, so while I think, you know, I think rather than just focusing on language, we need to say, when do when do I use God for my purpose? Mm. That's what it means. Yeah. Mm. And, and and if we're honest, we do that a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. I think most Christians would say, I don't, I don't use the name of God as a cuss word. Mm. I would say that that's, that's probably pretty yeah. normal, pretty but that doesn't well happen. Trained and- but um, I, I, you know, all the time, you know, God's really leading me to take a season off from church. I'm like, What? <laughs> God, okay, wait. Yeah. God's leading you to be disobedient to God's to word. What he I'm said. like, um, mm. another thing. Um, yeah, I really don't feel led by God to give. I'm like, what? You don't need to. You don't. That's you, the good news. Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you're, you're yeah. called to give and to participate mm. in this. And and so what people want is they want the benefits of church without the burden of church. And and that's mm. the thing is. And so that's where I think we take God's name is we want the benefits of God, but not the burden of God. I don't right. actually want to participate in the work of participating in building His kingdom, which is essentially what the sons of Skiva were doing. Yeah. Hey, mm-hmm. we found this thing that works. Yeah. And we can I, make money. We, we can make it. money. Yeah. We don't want what everything else yeah. is, but yeah. But, and again, so I don't know if I went into this in the message you guys heard, but man, if somebody has a, like, if we go to meet with a lawyer and there's a Bible on the desk, mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy's a crook. Yeah. Like, or if they want to, you know, they want to begin with prayer. Like we need to, we need to pray. I'm always like, hmm. because people use that mm-hmm. as a manipulative tactic. No, everything I say is ordained by yes. God. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And, and so you stop being ordained as soon as you said, amen. Yeah, you know, I mean, now it's over. Now, and people yeah. use God. I mean, when hmm. we bought this building at Hunter Park, we were going through a real estate agent. If he's a Christian, he's nominal. He's he's not a bad guy. He's a good guy. But I feel like God led us to him. And let me just tell you this: you don't have to use Christian business people. You have to mm. use good business yeah. people. Like, yeah. so here's the thing, Christians: you got to yeah. use your money, and God's going to hold you accountable. So you can choose a Christian realtor who's a moron, or you mm. can choose a non-Christian realtor who knows what the heck they're doing. I would say. Mm. Choose the non-Christian yeah. because just because somebody's a Christian doesn't mean they're good at what they do. Right. Yeah. So you, you got to choose somebody that's good at what they do. And I had a person who said, you need to use me. So we were in a contract mm. because I'm a Christian and they're not. And I was like, so you're asking me to violate my word to yeah. this person so you can get the commission. Yeah. And they left our church. And I was yeah. like, that's, that's dishonest. Mm-hmm. And that's the plague. I think that, we see in a lot of areas of like 
used to talk about Christian music. Like, ah, a lot of these people probably shouldn't have gotten a contract. Yeah. <laughs> like there's probably, yeah. I mean, there's some great ones out there, but Christian movies, that kind of thing. What does that mm-hmm. even mean? Yeah. Like that whole slap the Jesus sticker oh, on yeah. it. Yeah. Instead it can be like offensive because some of the, like some of those are horrible quality and like or yeah. aren't good business people. And it wasn't yeah, done really it's not well. Serving mm-hmm. God's name well at all. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, uh, think about the passion of the Christ. I think Mel Gibson used this. I just do. Mm-hmm. I think the guy's brilliant. He made 40 mil... No, what do you mean? $400 million on the passion? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the guy's abusive to his wife. Mm-hmm. I mean, alcoholic, mm-hmm. anti-Semitic. I mean, the guy was, you know, and... You yeah, know there's was, a part two coming out? Oh, uh, it's no. going to bomb. You hear about this? No, <laughs> it's going to bomb. So, kind of a while, yeah. But I think I think the church gets played all the time and we get oh, played yeah. by Christian celebrities. Yeah. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and we just, we got to be very, very careful um, not to be an easy target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. Amy wrote in uh, along these lines. It says, I've noticed recently that there are so many people, some people around me uh, who, when they pray, will say things like, I declare that God will do this, or in God's name, I declare that this will happen. Uh, that kind of prayer is very far from how I was raised and how I was taught to pray. Uh, I was generally taught to ask instead of declaring. Can you explain why people pray like that or if that is okay to do? Yeah, I don't. I don't do that. Um, okay, it makes me uncomfortable too. Um, yeah, I was at this one prayer thing where this woman was saying, "I declare, I declare," and I felt like she was saying, "I want to declare." It's like that little. It's like that little, <laughs> little donut. Declare, yeah. yeah, the little sweet donut. And I just, I just started laughing so bad, which I'm probably going to hell for that. But um, <clears throat> I ate an eclair. Um, so what they're trying to do is they're they're trying to they're trying to you know i think the the, the intention is to to pray with faith mm. and saying i believe you're going to do this and here's what i say i have no idea what god's going to do we just prayed for um two people last night in small group we closed with a prayer for, for my wife um who has to have uh tooth surgery today um and she's nervous about that which mm. do you go into the anything with oh, the yeah. dentist scares me to death mm-hmm. man um yep. you know oh man um, and then, and then a friend of ours who's, uh, breast cancer came back and, um, I mean, I just, I was, I was sick to my stomach, man. I mm-hmm. love this gal and we've been friends for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, she, uh, you know, um, so she went through phase one breast cancer was in remission for, for maybe two, three years. And then mm-hmm. now it's come back mm-hmm. and it's like, come back with a beast. Um, and I just was like, Lord, I don't, uh, this is what I prayed. I don't know what you're going to do. Mm. Here's what I'm asking you to do. In the powerful, mighty name of Jesus, mm. please do a miracle that brings you glory and saves her life. Mm. And um, I mean, I almost feel sick to my stomach just as I'm thinking about it because I love this gal. She's just she's mm. just a great, great person and a good friend and a servant of the Lord. And those are hard things when people who love the yeah. Lord, mm. um, you know, um, mm get sick and die. I mean, you think about uh, the Jesus movement who started uh, partnering with Calvary Chapel and they split off. Oh, what's his name? Hippie Preacher. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Mm, but he started, uh, what, what, what's the charismatic group? They still have a big vineyard. Vineyard. So, uh, you know, he died of cancer. Yeah. And I think that that was really discouraging to a lot of people's faith because mm-hmm. God does do miracles, but man, good good Christians still die of terrible mm-hmm. diseases. And so, um mm. John Wimber, that's who it was. John Wimber founded uh, uh, Vineyard Movement, but he died of cancer. And I think just a lot of people discouraged and the the movement Mm. kind of stalled a little bit. And here's the thing is when we pray, we're not God, you're not God, I'm not God, God's God. 
And I don't know what God's going to do. And, um, you know, I was just finished reading through Hebrews. Uh, I'm, I'm going back through the New Testament. And the author of Hebrews talks about that Jesus was heard because of his suffering and his, it says that he prayed to God with tears and yelling. Mm. So um, Israel, the name of Israel means those who wrestle with God. That's what the name means. So Jacob becomes Israel. His name right. changes after he wrestles Wrestling. with God. Mm -hmm. And if you know this story, he wrestles with God and God breaks his hip. So, mm -hmm. so he walks with a limp for the rest of his life. So we're, we're going to wrestle with God and, and, and there's going to be pain in that. And there's gonna be things that we don't understand. And I'm sure for the rest of his life, he's like, well, why you gotta break my hip? I mean, think mm -hmm. about that. That's a, that's a pretty, you need your hip for like everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's gonna be things that we don't understand. And so I, what I don't like about that prayer is the two words, I, and the word declare. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you declare. Hmm. What, what I care about is what is God gonna do and what's God's yeah. power. And we need to humbly, here's what we need to do is we need to have all the faith in the world that God can do it. Right, and so I said this. I've said this many, many times. I need when I pray, I need to pray with the confidence that God can. I need to pray with the humility and ask that God will, and then I need to, to just rest in confidence with whatever His answer is. Right. So those are the three steps to prayer: is is I know God can do this, and with that we can be bold. I don't know what God's going to do. Mm -hmm. I've prayed over. I've prayed over a little boy who was dead and he came back to a life. I, I prayed over a guy at our men's retreat and he died right in front of me. Mm. I mean, yeah. like I'm 50-50, so I don't know what's going to happen. You want, <laughs> yeah. me to, you want me to pray for you? Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I saw a little boy come back to life right in front of me. Wow. Mm -hmm. I saw a man, literally I had to call his wife. Mm. Hey, how's the how's men's retreat? Well, can you meet me at the hospital? And wow. I knew he was dead. Wow. I mean, you know, um, I mean, we did chest compression. We prayed and did chest compressions on that guy for 30 minutes. Wow. We were actually up at uh, four some. Yeah. It was mm. terrible. Mm. Yeah, so, you just don't know. You just yeah. don't know. And so and so to lie to people, and so that's part of the things is is um we we, we create false expect expectations for God. And so this is why polytheism is so attractive. So instead of praying to the one true God <clears throat> who doesn't always give me what I want, I create all these little gods. Mm -hmm. And so I pray to the God of money for money. I pray to the God of crops for crops. I pray right. to the God of sex for sex, right? And so that's the thing is, you know, like when we go to Bethlehem as a church, it's always so surprising to our, our group that the largest group of people at the Church of the Nativity every single time are Muslim women. Mm. Why would a Muslim woman go to the Church of the Nativity? For fertility. Mm. So they believe in God. They believe in Allah. Mm -hmm. They reject Jesus. But you know, guys, Mary got pregnant. Mary got, Mary got pregnant and yeah. it was miraculous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they go to that the Church of the Nativity to receive a blessing. Mm. And so, right, so we have to be careful that we're not that way, is that we, we go to God, but I want a blessing, so I'm going to go here. And so you, you just, mm. this way all my that. eggs are in the God basket. Yeah. That's it. I don't have, I don't, nowhere else, I'm trusting him. I'm going to follow him. And, and here's the thing is, I, always, I don't always get what I want, but what I want is not what I want. What I want is what God wants. And so we have to look at the prayer of the Lord Jesus. Mm. He asks, Lord, if there's any other way in the garden, right? please. But he yeah. ends with, not my will, but yours, yours Lord. Yeah. And the Lord's will was for him to die. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's that's really, really hard. You know, like uh, the last funeral I did, um, I went and spoke with him. I was actually really surprised. I spoke with him on a Friday and he died on a Monday. Mm. And I, I told him, I said, Grover, I said, we've asked God for a miracle. 
I said, God said no. Mm. And that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But like, you're, you're on hospice. Here we are. We've asked God, asked God, asked God. And can God, you know, at the last second change him? Yeah, but probably not. Probably, yeah. So I said, God, up to this point, God said no. I said, I need you to prepare your heart to mm. meet God. Mm. And, and most people don't do that. And, and, and so what we do is we rob the dying of the opportunity to confess and get right before they meet the yeah. Lord. And part of that is because we have a, a, an, an incredibly unhealthy theology on, uh, and even heretical theology on judgment. Christians think they will face no judgment. Like I just, I told you, I've just finished mm-hmm. Hebrews. I just finished James. James says, many of you should not teach for teachers, that's me, that's you guys, receive will receive a harsher or stricter judgment. Now yeah. that means two things. One, that we receive a harsher judgment. Two, that believers get judged. Get judged. Yeah. Right. Like, mm. you, you need to pay attention to this. Mm. What Jesus Christ saved you from, Romans 8, 1, is condemnation. The gift of Jesus Christ is eternal life. You're saved. It doesn't save you from judgment. It saves you from the death penalty. Mm. That's what it saves you from. And we need to be ready for that. And we rob people of the opportunity to mm. get their life right with God. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorite movies, I think it's called The Crusader. Who's the guy that's in, uh, you're the movie guy. Uh, he's in Lord of the Rings, he plays the elf. And then he's in, um, uh, he, he's in uh, the, the the Caribbean movie, the Pirates of the Caribbean. Thank you, Orlando Bloom. Orlando Producer Bloom. Keller, Producer Kelly, Kelly, Kelly just spoke, Orlando yes. Bloom. So <laughs> his first thoughts. movie on his own was, is, <laughs> I think it's like The Crusader or The Crusades. But his father is dying. Mm. And I love the interplay. The priest comes in and he says, we've asked for healing. And God has said, no, it's now time to prepare your heart for judgment. Mm. And so like uh, when the last Mm. Pope died, uh, Pope John Paul, they interviewed the archbishop from Rome and they asked him, they said, where is Pope John Paul? And the archbishop said, standing before the judgment throne of God. Mm. And so, right, so like he, you know, Catholics have a healthier understanding of, of that than we yeah. do. And so like, think about that, the Pope, infallible in all that he says, and yet before the throne of God, vulnerable right. to the judgment of God. So what have you done as you led the largest Christian organization in the world? <laughs> yeah. So, all right, wow, yeah. that was, that, that so took actually, a detour. That's, that's okay, good. I wanna say- I think Stephanie just got saved. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Amen. Uh, so I just want to stay on this topic of prayer because Jonathan sent in a really great question that I think follows up in this. So you, you made the statement in your sermon this weekend that God doesn't change his mind. Um, and on this whole topic of prayer, he says, to the best of my understanding, God is all knowing, has perfect knowledge and wisdom, doesn't change like shifting shadows, and he does what he wants. But what about some of the examples of the Old Testament where prayers from Moses or Abraham seem to change God's mind? Mm-hmm. I understand so much of prayer is about our hearts changing to align with God's, but what about prayers of petition where we ask God for specific things or outcomes like we've been talking about? He says, if prayer changes things, does it change anything other than us and our relationship with others and God? Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. a great question. So there's there's four problematic passages in scripture. So the doctrine mm-hmm. of the immutability of God. So that means God, so think about that word, immutability. So mutation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what it means is God is not changing in who he is. It does not mean that God cannot change in relation to our prayer request. Mm-hmm. So there are four things. So, so God is the same today, yesterday, and forever in who he is, good, right, and true, he's going to accomplish his purposes, but God interacts with us. And so the four examples in the Old Testament, and again, this is another example of the problem of Christians being divorced from Jews. So Jews have a much healthier understanding of of the immutability of God than Christians do. So the four examples are, one I believe is, actually we're gonna talk about next 
this next weekend, which mm. is bizarre that he asked that, is uh, Exodus 32. We're going to look at the golden calf. Oh, so yeah. this weekend is no idols. Mm -hmm. And right. then 12 chapters later, hey, we get look at this thing. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> and God, God says, I'm done with my people. Mm. And Moses intercedes on behalf of God's people. And it's a picture of Christ. And, mm. and, and God repents or relents and spares the people. The next is, I think he brought up Abraham mm. and... Um, Sodom and Gomorrah, mm -hmm. you know, Lord, would you intercede? Yeah. Uh, there's Nineveh. God's going to judge Nineveh. Um, and, but Jonah's like, see, I knew you were going to do it. I knew you were going <laughs> to save him. Uh, and then the, the next one is, the real one that's difficult is uh, King Saul. So mm. I think that's the four times where God says, I regret, or I, I, I wish I never would have made Saul king. Right. And so part of that is, I mean, you have to go back to that one. And God told the people, he said, tell Samuel, you don't want this king. Mm. And so I think what God is saying there is, is see what happens when I give you what you want. Mm. It's bad, it's bad news. Um, but God, God does listen to his people. God does listen. I mean, God, God gives them a king because that's what they ask for. He says, I want to be your king. I want to lead you. Um, but you want to be led by a man? Here you yeah. go. But it doesn't change his character. No, it doesn't change that's who he thing. is, yeah. but God can change outcomes. God can intervene. Mm. Um, like for example, every time um, Elijah raises somebody from the dead, uh, Jesus raises somebody from the dead, it's changing mm. nature. He's intervening into an event and he's making an outcome. When he heals the blind, when we pray for something, things are being changed. And so God can powerfully interact and change things. Normally he does not do that. That's why they're called miracles. It drives me yeah. crazy <laughs> when Christians expect miracles. We don't call them expectations. Mm. They're called miracles. And so we need to be like blown away. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever see somebody raised from the dead again, but I saw one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw one. Uh, you know, I saw an mm. angel once. I don't know if I'll ever see an angel again. I saw one. Saw one yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, actually Tammy and I were, um, we were together for six, six days last week, just the two of us. Uh, up in Mammoth, and I, and I asked her. I said, "We don't talk about that event a lot. How does that make you feel that you mm. know that I claim to have seen an angel?" And we were just talking about that. And she's like, mm. "Well, I kind of believe you." I said, "Well, I hope so." I kind of believe you. Um, <laughs> that seems like it. You know, um, yeah. But I've never seen one since. Right. And so, um, but you, you just have to you just have to take that as as a moment. And again, I think oftentimes when we read the Book of Acts, we assume that these things were happening every day all the time. Yeah. Well, the reason they're in the Book of Acts is because. You know, it's, it's, a summary, it's a highlight reel <laughs> yeah. of the summary of the Christian church. But, yeah. but the normative is, hey, Timothy, I know you're sick. Drink a little wine. That's the normative. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'm asking God to deliver me as Paul, the apostle Paul, because I think I'm going to get beheaded, but ultimately it's up to God. Right. And, and eventually he is beheaded. He mm -hmm. does die. Right. So, so I, I just think that we need to be really, really careful. So just know this. We need to pray believing that God can change our circumstance, he's not ever going to change who he is. Right. And so Nineveh, even when he changes his mind and he re relents for the judgment upon the city of Nineveh, what Jonah says is, I knew it. This is who you are. This right. is your character. And frankly, mm -hmm. this ticks me off God right. because we hate the Ninevites mm -hmm. and they're right. evil and they're afflicting us. And there you go again, showing mercy, mm -hmm. you know, to people who deserve judgment. Yeah. So, so God is consistent. And that's what Jonah was afraid of. Hmm. Right. Because we, we got into this deep conversation about prayer in our small group last night about, well, then if, like, if God knew, if we, if God knows everything already, then why pray at all? If we're just, 
you know, praying to uh, like, oh, could you change this or do this or petition or anything else? Or really, then it comes down to anything. Mm-hmm. What's the point of of prayer right. at all? Yeah. We started talking about that a little. Well, bit. I, and again, I think it's it's when we take when we take our theology to the extreme. So you take like a Calvinistic perspective. Mm-hmm. So God is all knowing, all sovereign, and then really what we do is we commit the sin of fatalism. It's mm-hmm. already all laid mm-hmm. out. It's all done. And so, you know, here, here's the doctrine of, you know, Calvinism versus Arminianism. So the Calvinist says, right, we're predestined, we're chosen, it's already all figured out. Mm-hmm. Arminianism says we have a choice, we're responsible for God to repent. And what I would tell you is the Bible teaches both. both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the problem is, so what do you do with that? So somebody asked me, you know, do you believe in Calvinism or Arminianism? I'm like, yes. Yeah. And so that's that's why Baptists traditionally drive people crazy is because we're like, yes, it, it, it teaches two truths. Yeah. And so the problem is taking Western thought and trying to interpret and understanding Eastern minds. And so the Eastern Mm. mind is both and, and the Western mind is either or. Mm -hmm. And so you Mm. have to understand, so Western thought is built upon two cities, uh, Jerusalem and Athens, all Western thought. Mm. Now we're tearing this down in our current culture, but all Western thought is Jerusalem and Athens. So, So Jerusalem is Moses, Athens is Socrates, Plato, and those mm-hmm. things. And so mm-hmm. uh, America is built on, and Western thought is built upon Judeo-Christian values mm-hmm. and uh, Greek thinking. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to marry yeah. two things that are very, very different. And Jewish thought is not Greek thought. And and matter of fact, if you wanna read the the, the conflict between those two, read First and Second Maccabees. Mm-hmm. The, actually, the, the group that persecuted mm-hmm. the Jews the most were the Greeks. The Greeks were brutal to them. And so, yeah. I mean, it, when you go back and you look at, uh, you know, what the Greeks did when they came in and they sacrificed pigs and they had orgies in the holiest of holies, I mean, they were, I mean, the Romans were like, okay, we don't get you guys, but you do your thing. Right. We'll do our thing. The Greeks are like, no, you're going to do our thing. Mm. So, um, yeah. you know, and, 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 and Greek life, I mean, a lot of people don't realize, but, but the, the Olympics were homoerotic, man. I mean, you watch, mm-hmm. you watch the young men compete naked and then you, you know, mm-hmm. you bid for their services. I mean, that's mm-hmm. Greek thought was crazy, but Greek thought teaches us to use our minds. The problem is you can't think your way to God. Mm-hmm. And so things like systematic theology, that comes out of Greco, I was gonna say Greco-Roman, it's simply Greek. Greek thought applied to uh, Jewish faith. Mm-hmm. And and that's where, that's where we get so whacked out is there's just some things that we're not gonna be able to put in a nice, neat little box. Mm. We, ju- we just can't. Mm. And Jews are very comfortable with that. You know, God has a plan, God has a purpose, and there's a point to life. They don't know what it is, and they're gonna try to figure it out. Whereas mm. Christians, we're like, hey man, if I don't have every box checked, and it's because, again, America is, and Western thought is built upon Jerusalem, mm. you know, the city of Jesus, uh, the city of, 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 of David, and really kind of the, the building out of, of Abraham's thought and then Athens. And mm. so those two things are, in conflict with each other. Mm. And, um, you know, I think, I think you need both for government, but you don't need no- both for God. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, ju- you got, there's just some things that you just gotta say, okay, I don't understand this because God is all knowing and yet is interactive. Yeah. And so like, here, here's the problem when we, when we push Greek thought and, 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 and they did this. I mean, it's the same reason why we have so many problems with Genesis chapter one in the mm. beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, the Holy Spirit hovered above the earth and the earth was null and void. That's not what the Hebrew says. The reason that we get that is because that's what the Greeks believed. Mm. The mm. Greeks believed, uh, right? So Aristotle says the unmoved mover 
uh, there's this there's this creative force behind behind all things. You know what he called it? The logos. Mm. The logos is the creative force behind all things, and the creative force behind all things gathered from the darkness mm. and from the deep, these things. So you got Jews who now, right? Okay, we got we to not sound stupid to the Greeks. So that's not what it says. Genesis 1, 2, the Holy Spirit was hovering over the earth and the earth was tohu wabohu. And what it means is wild. Hmm. Where were the dinosaurs? They were in tohu wabohu. Why is that? It's really, really hard to have children with a T-Rex running around. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, right. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't end well for us. Um, and, and you need to understand this. There may have been Cro-Magnon man, all of that stuff. We've all been lied to in school. There's no genetic link whatsoever between Cro-Magnon man and Homo sapiens. Homo sapiens, this is the biological record. We show up between six and 10,000 years ago. We come out of mm. nowhere. Mm. Well, mm. What, what does that say? God didn't want to interact with Cro-Magnon man or apes or whatever, like the missing, there is no missing link. God did something hmm. to where he created this new species on earth and he created a special place to relate to them. And so then we have Genesis, hmm. the rest of Genesis, where, 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 and again, we talked about this this weekend, the two words for create in Genesis 1, bara and asa. One word means, uh, the Latin is creation ex nihilio, which is creation out of nothing. And the hmm. other, asa, is gathering. Right. So there's only two things that are creation ex nihilio in Genesis 1, mankind and Leviathan. Mm. Everything else is gathered. The birds are gathered. The oceans are gathered. Mm. The land is gathered, mm. right? It's all, it's all brought together. Mm. Um, and so the Hebrew says those things. So we have to be careful that we're not influenced by, uh, you know, culture or thought. It's the same thing. Like people make fun of the church because Christians believe the world was flat. Well, that's not what the church believed. That's what people believed. Mm. And then the church adopted that to try to sound smart. And then every time, every time we don't go with scripture and we go with what the world says, we look like idiots. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's good. So, so what I'm saying here is we have to, we have to try to put on our Jewish mind mm. and put away our Western thought. Mm. It's not all about, you know, fitting everything perfectly together. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but it is interesting. I'll tell you this. So the two most important forces in the modern world today have been Jerusalem, uh, and Athens. What are the two languages the Bible's written in? Hebrew and Greek. Yeah. Hebrew and Greek, because God's not stupid. Yeah. Right? Mm. So the the without a doubt, the two most important cultures who have ever lived in the history of the world for where we are today are the Jews and the Greeks. Mm. And God used both to communicate his gospel. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, and um just that that's where Western thought comes from. So we have to be careful and we have to take off our modern hat and we have to say, mm. okay. How would a Jew understand this? Yeah, and so um, a Jew, a Jew thinks very, and a traditional Jew, not a Western Western Jew, but a traditional Jew thinks very, very different, and they think both. And we think either or. Mm. And so God can both be sovereign as a Jew, and I and 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 listen to my request. Mm. He mm. can both be all knowing, and yet change his mind in the course of human history to accomplish his never changing purpose. Right. And so as like a Western, we're like, ah, what do you I know? do with that? That's a yeah. compute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that helps us understand the depth. Sorry of for a little history lesson. No, and no, this is why none that. of you are actually getting education in school. Drives <laughs> me, drives me crazy. Here's why the United <laughs> States is falling apart because we it. have abandoned cl the classical study of Western civilization. We have no idea hmm. why we're here. Hmm. And the reason we're here is two cities, two leaders, Moses, and Socrates and Plato. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know. Mm. Well, so on this topic, I actually have just one last question because I was reading, I think it's in John 14 this morning where Jesus is talking to the disciples and telling them basically like, you know, God is in me. Like I'm going back to be with God. When you pray to God and you ask anything in my name, I'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. And I think it seems like it's a practice now that we like, when we pray, we always wrap up with like, yeah, in Jesus, Jesus name, name, put the sticker yeah. on it. Yeah. So like, is mm-hmm. that like, that's just our way of putting the sticker on or what did Jesus actually mean there? Yeah. What mm-hmm. he means is when, <laughs> whenever you ask for what I'm going to do, you're going to get what you want. That's what he means. And so the question is for the Christian is, is how do I discern the will of God mm-hmm. and then meet him there? Um, and again, I, you know, I, 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 I think so many, times Christians frustration and disappointment with God is we want God to do what we want to do when what God wants is us to want to do what he wants to do. Sure. And um, like, so for example, why, why is Sandal successful? Because I asked God to bless it or because I joined in what God was calling me to do. Mm-hmm. So the second uh, one, the second one. Yeah. So <laughs> in case you're wondering, um, in case you're, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so we were talking about a small group last night. So I, I knew that God wanted me to help start 500 churches when I was in my twenties. Mm. I mean, I looked at, I looked up to Chuck Smith and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to start a movement. Mm. Uh, I don't want it to be about a church. I want it to be about a movement. So we started two churches, Sandals Mission, Bay Hill, Sandals Norco. Neither of them exist. Mm. Totally fell apart. Well, what I did is I rushed it. Mm. I didn't know. I had no, I had no concept in the nineties of, Multi-site, video venues, yeah. multi-site. That wasn't even a possibility that because was, the yeah. technology didn't exist yet for the vision God gave me. Right. Hmm. So when people say, well, I just, I just don't believe that, you know, sandals should, you know, play video. Well, you have to go back to how is Matt supposed to be obedient to the call that God gave him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have 11,000 churches a year in the United States closing their doors. Wow. Billions of dollars, billions of dollars in property is being lost. Wow. So what you're saying is, and we, and just so you know, there are not enough pastors. Every single church mm. today that's running, I mean, even church, every church, every church today, as their pastors are retiring, there's no one to take their place. Mm. Mm. That's a problem. In every way. It, yeah. It's a mega churches, mega churches yeah. today. Like um, if I wanted to today, I could get a job at 50 churches, mm. preach less, make more money, live in whatever location I want to. Because how many guys have led a church of 12,000 people that haven't had an affair, that haven't blown up, that have, aren't yeah. an alcoholic, don't yeah. have some, cl- I mean, how, how, that, how many Matt Browns are out there is not very many. Um, and that's not to toot my horn. It's just to say, look, our culture's changed. We don't value church anymore. And mm. so more and more people go into other things. Yeah. Okay. Super talented people don't go into the church anymore. And it's, mm. it's a struggle. It's a problem. Yeah. And um, our seminaries can attract students that means pastors aren't being produced. It means churches, like I, one of my friends, you know, he transitioned out of the church and they, they have like almost closed their doors. You lose your pastor, you, you, you probably lose your church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that desperate today, which is why mm. we have Rogo School. Yeah. We're trying to raise up, develop. It's why I had Alfredo preach. Yeah. We want to give people opportunities yeah. to step into this so that if I get hit by a bus, right, the mission doesn't die. Right. It continues forward, but. We we just have to we just have to know that man the church is hurting mm. like most of what we know is the church is going extinct. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I mean culture's changed, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Culture has changed. Like think about I was reading an article. Um, I, no, that's not true. I was listening to a sermon by Timothy Keller, and he said in the 1930s a guy moved to New York City and tried to get a bank loan, and the the banker said, "Where do you go to church or synagogue?" 
Wow. And he said, what does that have to do with a bank loan? And the bank said everything. Huh. Why would I loan you money if you don't go to church or synagogue? Wow. Whereas today, Different times. Yeah. whereas today yeah. you're immoral if you go to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're immoral if you actually believe what your church or synagogue you? preaches. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? That's so that's wild, in a hundred years, a hundred years in America. Full flipped. switch. Yeah. I won't loan you money if you go to church. Now people don't want to loan us money because yeah. we, we yeah, are a church. Part, yeah. So, so mm. things are changing. So mm. w- what it means is Sign what does times. God want me to do? And here's the thing. The opening of that prayer is you have no idea. Mm. You have no idea how to pray in Jesus' name. Uh, we, you know, Jesus says, here's what God's going to do. Peter says, that will never happen. <laughs> and Jesus says, get, get behind me, I, Satan. Yeah. That's, we, dude, you need to understand, <laughs> you probably hear from Satan way more than you hear from God. And again, mm. that's why you got to quit listening to your passions. You know, my, one of my favorite movies, I'm embarrassed, Dumb and Dumber. They they pull over, there's a hitchhiker on the side of the road and he goes, I'm going to go with my gut on this one. Yeah. Hop in. Yeah. Hop. Saddle and, up, partner. Saddle up, partner. And it, it's literally the guy that wants to kill him. Right. And that that is action, you. Yeah. Every time you go with your gut, you're like, saddle up, partner. Yeah. What and it's like, wrong? what could go wrong? And it's like, you just invited oh, a murderer man. into your van. Hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That movie is so hilarious. <laughs> My, 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 my mom hated that movie. She's like, I raised Dumb and Dumber. So um, <laughs> it's a little too soon for her. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, but that's man. what I'm saying is, you know, look, man, fall on your knees, cry out to God uh, in your small group and say, we have no, we have no idea what you want us mm-hmm. to do. We need to know you. We need, you know, we need, we need yeah. to trust you. We need to hear from you. We're desperate mm-hmm. for that. And, um, you know, that's why I, you know, I don't know why people don't go to church. Every, like I need to hear from God every day. I read my Bible every mm-hmm. day. I pray every day. Um, I listen to worship music almost every day. Like I, yeah. I just need to, to be uplifted every single day because I'm listening to the devil all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And he's, he, he doesn't shut up. He yeah. just keeps talking, keeps whispering and keeps mm-hmm. saying these things. And, um, you know, I, I want to hear God. I don't want to yeah. hear God's voice. And that's I want to live a life that doesn't take his name in vain. That's good. And, and the, and the reality is people do this, you know? Um, you know, we judge people from the past. Like people always say, well, I don't understand how Christians could have supported slavery. I'm like, well, I don't understand why Christians don't tithe. Mm. Same reason. Mm. The reason Christians supported slavery is because it economically benefited them. Mm. The reason Christians don't tithe economically benefits them. Mm. Anytime God calls us to task on something that's financially difficult, we're like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think that's what God's saying. I don't think yeah. so. Mm. I mean, the truth is if slaves weren't economically more viable than paying employees, it wouldn't have been a problem in the United States, but you can make a lot of money when you don't have to pay your employees. Yeah. It's just pure and simple. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't realize this, You know, nobody watches Gone with the Wind anymore, but the South was way more wealthy mm-hmm. than the North. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The North was a bunch of poor people that worked for factories. The South was like, they were like little kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what that movie is about, Gone with the Wind. You have a whole culture and a whole economy that's just gone mm. in what, what's Civil War, three years? Yeah. It's just destroyed. And they yeah. go from the wealthiest and, you know, um, and that's why, you know, and it's a whole other talk, why we, <laughs> we needed Abraham Lincoln not to be killed because, um, yeah. I think so much of like the Jim Crow laws and stuff was bitterness mm-hmm. for what happened. And rather than just ownership and healing and reconciliation, mm-hmm. which is what yeah. I think would have happened had we not killed Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but, but I mean, again, it's just, it's so easy to judge others when, right? Take the log out of your own eye and say, yeah. okay, where am I, where am I taking the Lord's name in vain? Because if I listen to him, I will, it will cost me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Yeah. Well, there's a lot of good takeaways in there and knowing that things are changing and changing fast. And if we're not paying attention and Mm -hmm. being diligent in praying, like you said, reading and and knowing Mm -hmm. that this isn't just a passive experience, but that the enemy is actively speaking and pushing and has an agenda Mm -hmm. and knowing how key now more than ever to actually engage in prayer and engage Mm -hmm. in what God is doing around us. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, here's what I'd say is, you know, so much of the Old Testament and the New Testament, we, we think of it as two gospels constantly. It's the same. Mm-hmm. So all 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 this this third commandment about its hypocrisy, that's what it really is. Mm-hmm. And it's what Jesus talks. Think about Jesus talks about this over mm-hmm. and over. So you hypocrites. Mm-hmm. You're a faker. Yeah. You're taking the Lord's name in vain. You're saying one thing and doing another. I mean, he 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 calls them, you know, when a when a Jew, well, he said, Well, travel hills and miles to make a convert. And when you do, they're twice the son of hell as you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're fake. You're not, you're yeah. not, you're not what you claim to be. You're yeah. not actually for the people. You're not actually for, and and we gotta be careful. And so just prepare your hearts. Cause I mean, this yeah. next week on idols, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm gonna pull like, out. Like I'm you've excited. been so soft on us every other week. Uh, right. This yeah, this one's gonna be the big hit. Well, I love the last challenge that you left with, and maybe it's where you can land it, is that taking the Lord's name in vain and not declaring his name and yeah. and so sort of acting out of fear and and that was good for us to be reminded um, I think to say mm-hmm. where have I withdrawn and in our group we talked about two different ways one out of fear of not speaking but another yeah. one just out of just being so busy yeah. and not you know paying attention to a dying world around us right and that's because we're living our life right. not the life God's called us to yeah. live and and let me tell you your life is a miserable life it's what mm. Jesus came to save you from yeah. and his life right think about just like what Fredo's sermon if we just stopped once a week mm. um and I was listening a lot of the thinkers that I listen to uh political philosophical thinkers are Jews mm. and every single thinker I listen to and I admire Sabbaths mm. Mm. 25 hours, it's not 24, it's 25 hours. It's 24 wow. hours plus one. Wow. Time with family, no media, no mm-hmm. internet, nothing electric. Wow. And yeah. um, a true they Sabbath. stop, a yeah. true Sabbath. Yeah. And you need to look at what's happening in Israel. Israel is the fifth most powerful and innovative economy in the world. They mm-hmm. have nothing, there's no oil. People say, why did yeah. Moses wander 40 years in the desert? And they say, it's because that's how long it took to find a place in the Middle East without oil. <laughs> you know, that's so they, they, have, they have no natural resources. Yeah. Think about it, they have no water, mm. no natural resources. They don't have a real port. Do you know that Israel mm. doesn't have a, like there's no San yeah. Francisco Bay, there's no San Diego, yeah. there's, you know, there's no, no Pearl Harbor. Why. You know, there's not, there, yeah, there's nothing beneficial and yeah. yet they're killing it. And one yeah. of the things they point to is the Sabbath. Hmm. one day a week of resting, talking, thinking. And actually one of the things that Jewish families do on the Sabbath is they argue. Yeah. You sit around the table and, right? Cause what are you gonna do? You gotta talk about something. <laughs> yeah. So they, they bring it out and they argue. Deal and with it. Deal with it. Actually and, talk and, but things, but yeah. you have, you're developing great thinkers. Hmm. Think about children that can argue with their parents in a safe place where they know they're loved and they can express opinions and be challenged. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so Israel's not making That's cream good. puffs like we are. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Oh well, my gosh, honey, you didn't get into college. Let me cheat for you. Yeah. We got money. <laughs> that one family, did you see they paid $1.2 million to get them into oh Yale? Oh my gosh, I know. 1.2. Oh, well, I think when you're at that <laughs> yeah, level, you're probably okay. But yeah. That's insane. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming out of that. Well, the challenge stands, and I love that about what are we going to do? We got Easter coming, Good Friday coming. Um, we got all these huge you know, cultural events that maybe people start thinking about things of the church, you mentioned 82% of people 
uh, if we're invited would come. That right. was that uh, one. That was a that's a mm-hmm. huge number. Yeah, it's a Gallup that's poll. A it just really came out. Good thing to be reminded of. And here's why. And so we're going to get into this, the last commandment. Um, people are miserable without God. Mm. So we're going to talk about the Jewish word in our last sermon. This will be uh, uh, the Palm Sunday. Um, we're going to talk about God's definition of happiness. Mm. So right, and, and and I think everyone's going to be shocked. And most people mm. don't realize what Ecclesiastes is all about. It's about challenging God's mm. view of happiness. I'm going to do it my way. Mm. And then, right, chapter 12 ends with, yeah, happiness is found in fearing God, right? You just do it his way. Mm-hmm. So, but we're going to look at the Jewish word for happiness. And, and, and I think it's why we're not happy. We're pursuing the wrong thing. We don't know what happiness is and God does. Mm. And he's telling us, he's, he's telling us, and it goes back to John 10. I have come that you may have life into the full abundantly. Mm. I'm, I'm going to teach you how to have an abundant life, a meaningful life. And we've rejected that. And like Solomon, we've pursued things instead of God. And that's what Solomon says. Yeah, I'll try women. I'll try booze. I'll try weed. I'll try this. I'll try that. Mm. And, 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 and the consequences to our culture are devastating. Mm. As we're seeing, we're the most prosperous. I don't care what the politicians say. They're all liars. We are the most prosperous, healthy, yeah. benefited segment of human beings in the history of the world, mm. history of the world. Um, you know, I was, what was that? I read the other day, the average age of the American in, in, in 1850 was 36. Wow. 36 years old, average wow. age in the West, in the wild West, it was 31. Mm. So wow. if you were West of the Mississippi, 31 years of age, everybody died. Like it was just, it's just, wow. that's just the way it was. We yeah. have no idea. Like yeah. people starved people. Be, I mean, we're so, I mean. We are very blessed. Yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us guys. Excited to hear your message this weekend. Now. Yeah. Nervous, yeah. Now it's gotta yeah. be good and put the pressure on. <laughs> that's good. All right. Sorry. Love you guys. Sweet. And let me just say this, man. If, if something piques your curiosity, your curiosity or you disagree, instead of talking crap to your friends, why don't you send in a question and let me clarify. That'd be great. Oh, preach. I love it. Yeah. That's good. So I love you. Take that gently in the name of the Lord. That's awesome. Bye, guys.